Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by Assembly Coworking Space. Assembly has been home to some of Calgary's brightest tech startups and small businesses for almost a decade. If you're looking for a coworking space, check out assemblycs.com. The host for this episode is Lori Farley. As a connector and collaborator, Lori regards the economy as a servant to humanity. She encourages and enhances disruptive and innovative ideas and promotes next practices that activate, amplify, and champion cross-sector social innovation and socioeconomic development. Lori operates at the intersection of five pillars, community development, arts, disability and inclusion, education and entrepreneurship, and technology. In 2015, she co-founded Intonovus Canada and Impact Calgary to focus on business model innovation, embedding social and environmental priorities into businesses as they develop. Let's join Lori and her guest, Afton Brazzoni, for a discussion on brand personality and storytelling. Take it away, Lori. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, Al. My name is Lori Farley, and I'm joined today by Afton Brazzoni, founder of Scribe National. Now, Afton uh, partners with B2B tech marketers to create high-quality content that drives demand and growth. She has had the pleasure of working with nearly 50 clients worldwide in her two and a half years as founder of Scribe Natural, the majority of whom are repeat customers, including unicorns like Wellsimple and others who are among Canada's fastest-growing companies, such as Touch Bistro. Afton brings 12 years of experience to her mission to deliver her clients impeccable content that drives their companies forward. Their search rankings higher and qualified leads to their virtual doorsteps. As a former reporter, her journalistic approach means her clients' content is original, expert level, and on brand. When she's not working, Afton is spending time with her husband, hiking with her dogs, where they live in the foothills of the Canadian Rockies, or honing her oil painting skills. Welcome, Afton. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm really good. It's a nice chilly weather here in Calgary, here in uh, January of 2021, a brand new year. Have you made any New Year's resolutions this year? I haven't really made any resolutions, but one thing I was actually speaking about with a friend recently is just the idea of taking things a little less seriously, having a bit more fun. You know, during this very cold weather, it is a little difficult to stick to that and to find the fun in it. But certainly, I think that's the attitude I want to go into the year with. Amazing. I love that. So, you know, we haven't met. This is our second time meeting in terms of preparation for doing this interview, but maybe you can tell me and everybody else that's listening a little bit about yourself. Like, where did you come from? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I'd be happy to chat about that. So in terms of, I'll talk about it both, you know, from a career path perspective, as well as actually from a geography perspective, I'm originally from Canada's East Coast. So I'm from Halifax. I've been in Alberta for about 10 years. And I I think you might have mentioned this in the introduction, but my background is in journalism. And so, you know, ever since I was a child, I've really always been captivated by storytelling. And, And I knew I wanted to do that. And I knew I wanted to do that through the written word. And so that has really remained consistent throughout my life and throughout my career. 
But, you know, as as it is with most of us, I'd say it's taken some twists and turns along the way. And so I ended um, coming out to Alberta in back in 2013. I had lived here previously during the summers, but I had come out and I had started working with Banff Centre. And so for those who don't know that's an arts institution in the Canadian Rockies. It's a wonderful place, lots of amazing things. I've got a lot going on there, really from arts, like right into science, things like mathematics, tons of different stuff going on there, leadership, lots of good stuff. But I was working there on the marketing team. And that was one of several places, you know, over the past, well, it was between um, that time and 2019 was was right before I started my business. But I had always kind of been an employee working within organizations, never planned on being an entrepreneur. You know, it wasn't something that I knew I wanted to do. But over time, I felt like I really wanted to spend more time writing. And so I had always kind of been freelancing throughout my career in marketing and communications. And as that kind of evolved more and more in the fall of 2019, I decided to start Scribe National and I decided to really, you know, create a company that would enable other companies to tell their stories through the written word, because that's what I was passionate about. So at that time, I was doing that part time, you know, I was working at BAM Center. And then, of course, as we all know, the world really just turned upside down in March of 2020. And so at that time, I was one of about 75 percent of the organization that was laid off. And I thought, okay, well, this is the moment. Like Scribe had been getting pretty busy. It had been getting to the point where I was going to have to make that decision anyway. And so, yeah, so here I am now. And, and I mean, we've been doing this full time ever since. So I think that's kind of just, I guess, a 101 on my journey into entrepreneurship and how it wasn't exactly intentional, but, you know, it, it turned out great in the end. I love that story because that's actually now that I was hearing you tell that story, that's happened to me in 2009 when the market crashed for the energy sector in 2008. I was in recruiting in the energy sector and I was just loathing. I wanted to quit, but I had they had sent me to some course that I want to go and I had promised to stay for three years in payment of that. And I was like, oh, why did I promise that? And then one day they came into my office and said, uh, yeah, we have to let you go. And I got a year's severance and uh, I thought, oh, well, like, what should I do? And I started one of my first businesses. I would not have had the courage to do that if I didn't have that year safety net and the push out the door. It just wouldn't have happened, I don't think. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think, you know, I was I was kind of teetering on the edge of the decision, but I think sometimes it's like in those moments where the decision is almost made for us. And then, you know, we're kind of propelled onto the next path. Certainly a lot of entrepreneurial journeys have started that way. I love that. So being a woman who's a founder, have you sort of seen some trends that are happening or have some things that have happened to you or sort of some advice that you've been given or some advice that you could give? Is there something you could talk about as, as, you know, I know as women entrepreneurs, we don't like to talk about ourselves as women entrepreneurs. We want to be entrepreneurs, but there is a category of women who are struggling to get their foot into the door or to be able to participate in this, you know, portion of the economy. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I absolutely. So I actually really feel passionate about this topic. And, you know, one thing I will say, not to get like too theoretical, but my perspective on feminism really is that like, we can be like, I I completely get the whole idea behind saying that, yes, we're, we're entrepreneurs, we're not 
we don't have to qualify it by saying we're women. But I also think that if we want to do that, I think that that's completely valid. So I think for anybody who's listening, like wherever you sit on that side of the argument, I support that. And I, I actually completely see both sides of that. And so I think some of the things that do come along with really recognizing that, yes, we are, we are women entrepreneurs is like recognizing the fact that, you know, the barriers that have been faced with funding and especially like female tech founders and and venture capital investment in the numbers show that that's something that women really don't receive on anywhere near the same level that that men do receive it. I just think kind of like having an awareness around those things and then trying to further conversations and sort of find like minded allies, I guess you could say. So like, for example, one organization that I'm involved with, well, there, there, there are a couple, so I'll name, I'll name a few things like here in Alberta, Alberta women entrepreneurs is absolutely fantastic. And I've been involved with their community for over a year now. And so, you know, they are really focused on education and really focused on just access, like helping business owners kind of understand the digital economy and really getting their businesses up and, and up to speed with those things that a lot of us don't have access to funding to really train ourselves in or, or to grow in that way. You know, I'm also involved with the Canadian Women's Chamber of Commerce. They do a lot of great advocacy work at the federal level. And then I'd say as well, in BC, there's the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. And so I think it's it's just sort of stepping out there. And, and I think as an entrepreneur, regardless of gender, it can be quite isolating. And so I think for anybody like getting out there and really trying to take advantage of the resources that are available to you while also, you know, continuing to push for more because it's absolutely needed. I, I so I think it's kind of a balance of both of those things, but yeah, I, I love the whole, the whole topic of, you know, women's entrepreneurship and certainly like tons of great people in the community doing amazing things to further that. Yeah, and I think we just have to be cognizant of the fact of, of, of the power of words. And feminism was a is a word that has been sort of taken away and bastardized in some ways by you know haters, as an example. And I think we just need to remember, as a community, especially the tech community, that feminism really just means diversity and inclusion and equality. So that's where I come from. That's my kind of feminism. I'm not kind of a radical feminist. I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's really just about, like you said, it's it's just an equal playing field, really. It's it's certainly not about, you know, I think men are absolutely allies and, and we work with tons of clients of all genders. And I think that, you know, the more we can just kind of get together and try to put our heads together on some of these issues as opposed to coming at them separately is great. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. So I'm wondering a little bit about like sort of what you do in your business. How does it work? What's setting you apart? And how is it that you're reaching these unicorns and, you know, 500 level companies? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, really just like our core value as a business is excellence. And so, of course, you know, with that, like no one is perfect and we're not going to be perfect every moment of the day. But I think we really do strive both in the the service that we provide, the actual quality of the writing and the storytelling, as well as in our client delivery. And so I think that's been one of the things really that has helped with the success. But I'll, I'll kind of talk a little bit more practically about what we do. So we are a content writing studio for B2B companies and, and primarily B2B technology companies. And so we kind of, we can come in at two different stages, really. So sometimes we work with companies that are a little bit earlier on in their journey. And so at that stage, they're often trying to figure out things like their brand messaging, 
they're trying to figure out, you know, how to set themselves apart in the marketplace and, and how to speak, who to speak to, how to speak to them and how to really have those messages resonate and translate into business for them. And so at that point, you know, we're often working with people on things like their messaging or their content strategies. The other way that we work with clients, and this would be for, you know, the more established companies, is when really they've got a strategy in place, they have a robust marketing function within their organization, but they simply don't have enough hours in the day to tell their story and to get it all done. And so in that case, we'll come in and we'll work with, it's usually their content marketing manager or uh, a marketing director or something like that, and really help them execute on their strategy and tell the stories that they need to tell through content marketing. And so that's kind of the, the practical how of what we do. But I think, and, the, and this goes for any entrepreneur, really, like always striving to improve the business and listening to our clients' needs and listening to our market's needs and actually like getting out there and talking to them about the things that they're struggling with. I think those have been some of the things that have enabled our company to be successful and to grow over the past few years. So what does a so what does a content strategy look like from your perspective in terms of the types of clients that you're working with or connecting with or interested in working with? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say like I'll kind of speak about it. I know in the rainforest community there are a lot of tech founders and tech companies involved in the community, so I'll, I'll speak about it from that perspective and I think you know, we always want to be conscious of the fact that like in business, there are just never enough hours in the day. And especially with a smaller company, you know, if you're a startup, being strategic, the advantage that that can really give you is is giving you a roadmap and, and kind of helping you reclaim some of your time back. Because a lot of the time when people are looking at marketing initiatives, we want to try a whole bunch of different things. It can become very time consuming and sometimes unproductive if it's not done in a strategic way. And so that's why we want to come in and, and create a content strategy that's going to look at, okay, what are your goals for the content? So, you know, if you have a SaaS product, for example, and you want to drive a certain amount of users for that product, get a certain amount of recurring revenue, what do you need to be doing? Like, how do you need to be out there in the marketplace? What marketing, excuse me, marketing channels do you need to be on? What messages do you need to be sharing and who do you need to be sharing them with? And the content strategy will look at that from the perspective of tactics that are often used in B2B tech, which would be things like customer stories that showcase the results of your products and services. It could be things like white papers that really put your thought leadership out there and, and help people get to know your brand that way by sharing those perspectives or something like building up your organic search traffic by having a blogging strategy in place. So those are some of the main tactics that we would put into a content strategy. And again, and of, and of course, it's always going to depend on the company. Like those are those are three examples, but it's it's going to become more nuanced than that. But the idea really is to give you that roadmap from which you can execute your marketing so that you don't have to be doing things from scratch and so that you don't have to be, you know, banging your head against the wall and asking like, well, why isn't this working? Or, you know, just just throwing all the darts at the, the dartboard, so to speak. Yeah, or even know if it's working. I work a lot with startups in their earliest stages and get them up to the stages where they are going into other accelerators and incubators for the most part. And I'm wondering, these are strategies that are needed in businesses right from the very beginning in some senses, in many senses. And so what are some of the ways that entrepreneurs can be getting prepared or ready so that they're doing things sort of in a way that once they're in a, in the place where they can hire you, what would that look like, if anything? Yeah, I think 
really at the startup stage, like one of the biggest things is just really the positioning of the brand itself and like getting clear. What we always love to see when we start working with someone is a company that has already thought about particularly what its values are. Like I think when someone can come in knowing their mission, their vision and their values, that's really like all we need them to have for us to kind of go ahead and start developing a brand personality for them and a brand voice and and a brand story. Like they don't need to come with those things. But I think as a founder, if you can just be really clear on your mission, your vision and your values, I think that's going to set you up so well for the decision-making, not only in marketing, but you know, other decisions that you're going to make in your company as well in the future. So I'd say like those three things would be an excellent foundation. And it's not to say that they can't change or that they need to always be the same forever, but like making values-based decisions is, is just such a powerful thing. I think. I agree. Coming from the social impact perspective, as my audience listeners know, that's the space that's the most important. And those, that those core values, those core pillars that lead you to stay true to your passion and not be led astray by advice or funders that are actually counter to what you're actually trying to do and and paying attention to those and checking in on those and making sure they haven't changed over time because our values do change over time and making making sure that we do that generative work. That's the work we do early on helping businesses to set those foundations to, so that they can move into finding their true customers, not all customers, you know, you know, we, when people do their pitches and they talk about the 70 million people that are going to buy their product, well, we help people find out the people that are going to actually buy their products due to value alignment and those types of things. I'm assuming that that's what you're doing as well. Yes, I think like when you said that, what came to mind for me is in our line of work, it's like asking them about their target audience. And then when someone says, well, our target audience is everyone and you you have to like, and of course we want things to appeal to everyone, but I think actually then we kind of, as an entrepreneur, like you go through this phase where you realize it's actually the more specific it can be, the more successful it will probably be. So it's, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. So do you have any clients that get in the way of the of themselves and you when you're trying to do the work? They are, they don't maybe understand the process or they have their own ideas and, and like, what is it that entrepreneurs might be shooting themselves in the foot in this space? That is a juicy one. And yes, it does happen. Um, <laughs> so while I will also take care to be discreet, like, yes, that can certainly happen. I mean, we're we're actually quite lucky at Scribe. Like, we've had amazing clients. I have definitely worked in environments in the past as a marketer within companies where my internal clients, like the other departments in the company, it, it was a very kind of difficult relationship to try to make marketing goals happen. And so I think that like what I would say to business owners is that it is tough. And I am saying this from experience because like when it's your business, you're so close to it. It can be difficult, but I think the outside perspectives can be really valuable if you can kind of just have a little bit of that give and take. And if you are making an investment in an expert, whether it's a marketing person or like an external finance person or whatever it is, you know, if you're making that investment, I do think it's not like you have to follow every single piece of advice they give you. But I think if you're going to make the investment, maybe being okay with being a little bit uncomfortable and, and, and trusting, right. You have to, and that's where like, it is important to find a partner that you trust so that when they do give you a piece of advice that you're unsure about, if you trust in their abilities 
And if you trust in their level of commitment to your success, then at least even if you're unsure, you can know that there's a good reason for sort of taking a stab at it or at least giving it a try. Because yeah, if, if you don't do that, you do get in your own way, right? And then you don't really get anything out of the experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling through that a little bit myself. So that's going to be a good, that's good advice for me struggling, having one of our, uh, I'm involved in a number of uh, startups and projects, and we have one founder that's particularly has them some blinders on. So it's hard to market when the, when the perspective is kind of old fashioned. Yes. Yeah. And I think like that definitely comes up in all industries, but yeah, it, it's a tough one, but I think like good things can come out of trying to push outside of that comfort zone. What are some of the things that you have, like that you're really excited and proud of that you've done in your career or even in your business right now? Yes, I think this is a great time of year to actually reflect on those things. So I think, you know, something I'm I'm really proud of is our our ability to have exceeded our revenue goal by quite a bit last year and still at the same time maintaining a reasonable work schedule for myself because I think it's like it's putting those those numbers and things like that in context because the first year in my business we also did quite well but I worked quite a bit more and obviously when someone is starting a business that that's going to be part of it <laughs> that's part of the deal but I think being able to achieve financial goals in the business while also having like that personal side where, you know, you, you, you do feel like, yes, I actually got to experience the summer. Whereas the first summer in my business, I was in my office the whole time. So that's something I'm really proud of. And then the other thing I'd say is, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, like most of our customers are repeat customers. And I think, well, in any industry, but I, I think in this is relevant for tech as well. There's a lot of focus that can be placed on customer acquisition. And obviously it's important, you know, we always need to be gaining new customers and growing and things like that. But I've, I've just been so happy to look back and see that a lot of our customers are buying from us multiple times. And, you know, we're delivering on the promise that we said we were going to deliver on and they're happy with that service. And that has become a long-term relationship. And the same would go for the writers who are involved with my team. Like they've been involved since the beginning. And so I think, you know, those are, those are some things that I'm really incredibly pleased with. So one of the, the sort of the tenants of the uh, rainforest in Calgary and Alberta in general is sort of this sort of pay it forward mentality. Are there things that you have that you can offer into the ecosystem in terms of advice or support or some other things? Do you have some things that you have at the ready? Yes, I definitely do. So on our website, we do have some free learning and training resources. And then what I'd also love to do, you know, is just really extend a special offer to listeners. So just typically I, I would offer anyone a, a free 30 minute consultation. But within the rainforest community, I really do want to be mindful of putting something forward that's a little more substantial than that. So if there's anyone who's listening like, let's have a longer conversation. You know, we can do kind of like a 60 to 90 minute marketing deep dive. I am really happy to offer that, you know, completely complimentary into the community and just talk to you about what stage your tech company's at, you know, whether you're literally, whether it's at the ideation stage or whether you've already got a ton of customers, like let's chat. I think that, I think actually one of the things during this pandemic 
not that we need to be reminded that we're in a pandemic, but I'm like, I'm hesitant to even bring it up. But, but one of the things that has actually been really nice is just the ability to have, to have built so many more connections with people online and, and like in, in this community, for example, and many others, like all over the world, really. So please do like, take me up on it. I I mean that please get in touch and we'll have a conversation about it because I think having someone, even though I'm in marketing, it's like when I want to think about the marketing for scribe, I, I want to bounce ideas off of somebody else. And so I think for anyone, whether how, however adept you are at marketing, like to have someone else to speak about it with is always helpful. Right. And you're, you're on the Rainforest Slack channel. So easy to, for people to contact you. Yeah, I am on there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then scribenational.ca is our website. So if someone does want to go on there, there are, there's a learning section where you can grab a free guide, a free content checklist calendar. And then I've also got a free training on brand messaging on there too. And then like our contact page, you can get in touch with me there. Or like you said, through the Slack on the Rainforest channel. Uh, What are some of the things that you might have as an ask to the ecosystem? Are you needing things from other people in the community? I think my ask would really just be like, I've been interested in connecting with more tech companies in Calgary. And I think it's just such an exciting moment for the industry in Calgary. And so I'd say like, if there is anyone, you know, that is interested in content marketing in having their company's story told, you know, in looking at their marketing in new ways, maybe kind of just talking to someone about it, like we're here, I would say really just getting the word out. It would be my ask, you know, I've, I've really built scribe national on largely on word of mouth like largely on previous clients and referrals and i think it's still a super powerful strategy even though we have all the digital tools at our disposal and i'm you know we do use them and i'm I'm not opposed but i just think word of mouth is like it has worked well for my business so that's what i would ask is just if anybody knows anyone that that might be a good fit for us to have a conversation agreed word of mouth i actually never learned how to market properly so when i started my latest couple of companies i didn't know how to market because all of my business from 2005 till now was based on word of mouth if i said oh i'm i'm stopping doing something i'm having some free time and I'd, if you know any customers I'd, i would i would be overwhelmed with customers so learning how to market for me was done very backwards i <laughs> i don't have, I have a concept but i never went through the grind of doing it all this time. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's so glossed over sometimes because we do have all of these, you know, really high tech, fancy strategies that we can use. And that is, there is certainly a place for it. Absolutely. But I think especially this year, like I've been hearing so much about this being the year of organic marketing and this being the year of relationship building. And, And I think especially with some of the changes that have happened with Facebook advertising and really just people also just wanting actual human connection. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if we all saw a really big resurgence in those grassroots types of marketing for 2022. So what might some of those trends be then, do you think? Well, one of the things that I've already heard a lot about is this concept of dark social or like private online communities where, you know, you can't run an advertising campaign inside the community, you need to really go in there and actually have conversations. Like the Rainforest Slack channel would be a great example of it. Like you've got to put in the time and you've got to build real relationships with people, you know? And it's another reason why LinkedIn, I think is is having such a moment right now and seeing such success because the algorithm on LinkedIn is such that like your content can actually get seen. You don't have to put a bunch of money behind it for someone to see a post. And the people who are on LinkedIn 
are actually engaging with the content. And so I feel like a lot of people have abandoned other social platforms in favor of going over to LinkedIn to market, whether it's their personal brand as an entrepreneur, whether it's their company, um, just anywhere where you can actually have like a genuine connection. I just think that those types of marketing are, are certainly coming to the forefront. I don't know enough to know what's going to happen with events. I, I'm sure they'll continue to be hybrid. I hope that some in-person events will be able to happen. But, but yeah, I just think that that's sort of personalized marketing, that connection-based marketing. What are some of the what are some of the reasons that you got connected into Rainforest? Yeah, so I like I said, I think that it's a really exciting time to kind of be connected with the tech community in Calgary. And one of the other things I would say is that I liked the idea of how, you know, you bring something to the community and and you can also make an ask of the community. And I think that when people especially are in a startup stage, and I really still consider my business, like we've only We've had our two year anniversary, but like we're still quite new. I just think that 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 those kind of opportunities and having the space to do that is extremely, extremely valuable. And I I just loved that it's it's not only implied, but like it's right there on your website that like these are the guiding principles of this community. And I think if I can kind of put a branding spin on that for a moment as a, as a tip to people listening, like people connect with your brand when they understand what you're about and when they understand what your values are. And so I think that's something that Rainforest has done really well is like putting it right out there. You know, this is what we're about. So that was one of the things for me that that attracted me to it. Me too. (laughs) I joined Rainforest because it was a living group of people embodying my values and principles, which there's not very many groups out there unless you're in totally the social impact space and we need impact and feasibility. And so having a more tech um, space, thinking about the ideals of, of, of living and connecting with people and sharing and, and diversity, those types of things, building the trust and the culture are things that I live and breathe every day. And I never felt in the tech community before that. And I'm a groupie and a, and a geek. I hang out with a lot of tech people and a lot of tech companies and a lot of tech organizations but um, always as sort of an outsider. Like, why are you here? You're, <laughs> you're a social impact person. You're an artist. You're all these other things that we're not. And I'm saying, yes, that's good. That's good for you. It's good for me. That, that sort of mixing and melding of people who sh- maybe in some people's minds should come together. But when they do, what amazing things can happen? The synergies, the ideas, the innovation. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's, you know, just the fact that like my experience, I mean, when I started connecting with Rainforest it, and even though it's like I'm not a tech founder, but I have felt completely welcomed. I mean, even, for example, like to come onto this podcast and to speak to the audience like there, it doesn't feel like you're not one of us. And so I think that everything you just said, like it, it's really, it's really true. Like we, we really feel that as like, as a, from an outside perspective, looking at the community, I can really tell that. I think our audience, particularly the, the, the historical members will be um, glad to hear that. So one of the questions that I ask um, everybody is um, what advice would you give to your teenage self to get to you where you are today or looking back at where you are today from your teenage self? Oh my gosh. I probably have like a laundry list of pieces of advice that I would give her. I think if I had to give, I'll just give, she needs a lot of advice. Let me just say that, but I will give just one. And I guess it would just be that kind of what I talked about before about how like, I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. And I think being okay with 
with things not being linear, like I've always been a very organized person. I like to, you know, be in control of the outcomes. I like to see the path. I like to know what's happening. But I think that if I, and at at that time, at that age, I was like fully set on being an international news correspondent. Like I was, I, that was what I was going to do. But I think I would just say that actually sometimes the unknown and sometimes like following that path where we're not, we don't, we see the one step in front of us, but we don't see the whole path and that that's okay. Like that is completely fine. And that's actually very exciting. I love that. It just reminded me that I I consider myself an inventor now and I never did, but through my whole youth, because I was just making things all the time because we needed something. But my advice to, to people out there is to just look around yourself because what we're doing normally naturally ourselves other people can't do and they don't want to do and they will pay you to do. That was a big revelation for me when I started my business in 2009 is just understanding that the the uniqueness that we all have in ourselves that we can bring into entrepreneurship is really an amazing capacity. And it's what people need and want. And it's part of the community and culture that we try to create as entrepreneurs. That's so true. And I think one thing, and, and like kind of going back to our conversation before about women entrepreneurs specifically and again, not to generalize, because I know that not every woman feels this way. But what I will one thing that I that I will say is like the whole thought of, well, well, who am I to do it? And it's like, well, no, actually, who are you not to do it? And and I think what you've just said about you do have gifts, you do have like there are, there are tons of things that people are not skilled at that someone else is or, you know, one thing or the other. And and I think those are how some of the not only great companies, but also it's just like I am having more fun in my career now than I ever had. And if I hadn't started my own business, I would have missed out on that. Amazing. And you're a role model, an amazing role model, very connected, very interesting, very knowledgeable, and someone who's willing to support the community and and receive from the community. Receiving is sometimes hard. I know I'm hard at asking for help. For some reason, I'm not good at it. I'm sure there's other people out there that are in that way. But Rainforest is a pretty safe place to do that. So I'm encouraging all of our our listeners to practice that. Afton, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you thought, oh, I wish I would have been able to say that? What are some of the things that you want to talk about? I mean, really, I think we've covered a lot of good stuff. Like, I think I wanted to just sort of of course, let people know, you know, how I can help them, which which we've certainly covered, obviously highlighting the great things about this community, which which we've totally covered. I think if anyone ever like I'm a dog lover, I also love hiking. If anyone ever wants to talk about those kind of things, feel free to get in touch, you know, and, and just I think for people to like to continue exploring their creativity, right, is, is really just I think what it's all about, I think that entrepreneurial spirit and and creativity really go hand in hand. So no, I think, I think we've had a great convo for sure. I agree as well. And um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for this chance to get to know you. Most of the people I've interviewed in the past are people that I've known for a a long time. So I really enjoyed uh, what we had a chance to talk about. And I think our listeners will as well. And I just want to thank, uh, thank our hundreds of listeners that are out there. Uh, Make sure you come back next week for our next episode of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Idea podcast. Back to you, Al. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. 
This episode was brought to you by Assembly Coworking Space. If you're looking for a co-working space, check out assemblycs.com. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.